1: Today is August 10th, 2021, and we have a major breaking story. Democratic Governor Andrew Cuomo has resigned amid a growing sexual harassment and assault scandal. Republican Rep. Elise Stefanik is now calling for his arrest over the criminal allegations, as well as the nursing home scandal, which saw nearly 15,000 people die under Cuomo's directives. In our next story, CNN and Rep. Cory Bush are slammed for promoting a hoax GoFundMe about a woman claiming her and her daughters would be evicted. But it turns out those little girls weren't actually her daughters. The whole thing was just not true. And in our last story, a member of Team USA Paintball was fired for fat shaming a COVID victim in a hospital. Now, this person was obese, and I do think we need to talk about obesity as it pertains to COVID, but let's try and not be so mean. Still, I think cancel culture is pretty dumb. Now, if you like this show, please give us a good review. And if you really like the show, share it with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. Democratic Governor Andrew Cuomo has officially announced his resignation effective in 14 days as the scandal surrounding him and his administration continues to escalate. We have seen a bipartisan call for impeachment. We have seen the president say he should resign. And we have even heard one Republican call for his arrest. Now, following the statement made by Cuomo, We are hearing from Elise Stefanik again that he should be arrested. But my friends, what truly breaks my heart is that this is about a harassment scandal and not about the people who lost their their lives in the nursing home scandal. But at least, at the very least, I can accept this. A very bad man is being forced out. This is a good thing. But never forget everything the media said praising him all for the last year. They called him shadow president. Some were arguing that he could actually step into the Democratic primary and even run, for, even run for president. They need to own up to the fact they supported this man all throughout his, his administration and the horrible things he was doing. Now, one, the, what, what he said is truly remarkable. The New York Post is saying he's, he's being selfish. Even in his resignation, he's, he's a, a, an egotist. He said, uh, in my mind, I never crossed that line, but I didn't realize how much the line had been redrawn. You know what? A world of your own making. Cuomo is a particularly prominent Democrat. These are the policies they support. This is the world they support. So you know what? I'm not going to shed a tear for a man going through this circumstance and the scandal when it is exactly the party he supports who, who propose these policies, who make these demands. And it is Democrats and members of the media who typically tend to be Democrat who are the ones calling him out and saying he should be removed. Which brings me to the next governor. Newsom, he's next. The recall effort is underway, so we got a lot to talk about. Cuomo is out. To those who lost family members in nursing homes, I'm sure many of them are ecstatic to hear the news, though it wasn't the reason for his resignation. But Newsom is next facing a recall vote. We've got Larry Elder, who I believe is leading the pack. And that is in, that's amazing. Larry Elder is fantastic. Not that I completely agree with any of these people's policy policy uh, policy positions. But to see somebody else, someone like Larry Elder, I think is tremendous. Gavin Newsom was seen during the covid pandemic, not wearing a mask, flouting the rules. And now he's desperate to try and earn back some support. But the sad reality is the, the, your, your average voter in California is not energized by this. I mean, the, most regular people in California, they don't like Newsom. There's no, there's no uh, standard voting process, typical voting process by which people just go and mark D. This is a recall vote, which means Republicans could actually get a Republican governor. And it might be Larry Elder. So my friends, to wrap this up, we are looking at Cuomo being ousted. And next up is Gavin Newsom. I wonder about all those... Other governors like Wolf in PA and Whitmer in Michigan, could they be next on the impeachment block or the res? Maybe not. Honestly, maybe not. But we'll see. Let's jump into the news and see what's going on with Cuomo's resignation. Now, uh, before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member to get access to exclusive members only segments on the TimCast IRL podcast, as well as an advertisement free experience. You can see here, we have the story from TimCast. Cuomo quits. Cuomo resigns as New York governor over harassment scandal. Go to TimCast.com and sign up to support our journalists and the work they're doing to make sure we're on top of this breaking news. And we've even got some uh, opinion pieces coming up. We've got some really great work. You're going to love it and more shows to come. But don't forget to like this video. Subscribe to this channel. Share this one with your friends. This is big news from TimCast.com. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo caved to growing pressure Tuesday and formally resigned from office over allegations of harassment from at least 11 women who worked alongside the top Democrat. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has resigned, reports The Hill. Cuomo had faced an inundation of calls for his departure and an impeachment hearing in the state assembly that appeared all but guaranteed to spark a trial in the state Senate. Should he have survived potential impeachment proceedings, he also faced daunting reelection prospects in 2022. Cuomo maintained his innocence leading up to the announcement, quote, My attorney, who is a nonpolitical former federal prosecutor, has done a response to each allegation, and the facts are much different than what has been portrayed. I want you to know directly from me that I never touched anyone inappropriately or made inappropriate advances. I do embrace people. I do hug people, men and women. On occasion, I do slip and say sweetheart or darling or honey. I do banter with people. I do tell jokes, some better than others. I am the same person in public as I am in private. Now, this story is developing as of the time of recording this, but we've got a bunch of live updates. He came out. I, when they said Cuomo was going to give a press conference, they're like, here's the time. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this guy's a liar. He's a real piece of work. His brother, we're actually hearing now. This is, this is also crazy. People are saying CNN should be suspending Chris Cuomo because he was secretly working with his brother on a PR response while still actively working at CNN as a quote unquote newsman. They CNN apparently said they offered Chris Cuomo the opportunity for leave to work with his brother and he just didn't do it. It was here you go. Corruption at the highest levels. Now, here's what I find fascinating. Cuomo says the best way I can help now is to step aside. Cuomo started his speech by defending his actions, insisting norms and behaviors had changed over time. That doesn't make it okay. And I will stress it's your party that is encouraging these changes. And you know what? If these changes are a good thing, you shouldn't be complaining about it. How about you just come out and say times changed and I accept that and I apologize and I'll walk away. How about that, Cuomo? He says, quote, in my mind, I never crossed the line with anyone, but I didn't realize the extent to which the line is redrawn. Although he said his instinct is to fight through the controversy because I truly believe it is politically motivated, he said he realized the way the political wind is blowing, it will consume government. It will cost taxpayers millions of dollars. It will brutalize people. The best way I can help now is if I step aside and let government get back to governing, and therefore, that's what I will do. Well, Cuomo, we're not stopping there. It is not just about this one scandal, it is about what happened in those nursing homes, and it is not just about a resignation or impeachment. You see, Cuomo knew the lines had been drawn, redrawn, changed, whatever. But the lines in the sand, that's there. You crossed the line, buddy. And I'm not talking about the scandal. I'm not talking about harassment. I'm talking about the nursing homes. So it's not just impeachment. Rep Elise Stefanik, again, calls for Cuomo arrest, calls for Hochul to clean house from CBS 6 Albany. Washington, D.C. rep Elise Stefanik released a statement following the resignation of Cuomo saying, quote, New Yorkers have lived for far too long under the worst governor in America's corrupt and criminal tenure. Wow. In America's corrupt and criminal tenure. What do you mean by that? This resignation is long past overdue. Governor Cuomo needs to be arrested and prosecuted for harassment, assault, and abuse. Governor Cuomo also needs to be arrested and prosecuted for his criminal acts covering up the tragic deaths of our most vulnerable seniors in nursing homes. Elise, bravo. That, I I can't tell you how angry I am, how angry I've been for a long time, sitting here knowing That Andrew Cuomo did what he did in these nursing homes and is getting away with it. I'm not confident he's going to get prosecuted for that. The resignation is a step in the right direction, in my opinion, for the right reasons. What he did with these women and all these accusations, I think, good, resign. At the very least, you've lost the confidence of the people. I want to see a perp walk. Not only did he order sick people into these nursing homes, he tried to cover it up. Quote, in addition, Governor Cuomo and his staff funded by the taxpayers must be prosecuted and his staff. Wow. For using state resources to negotiate a multi-million-dollar book deal using state resources illegally. There are multiple federal and state laws the governor and his staff have broken and they need to be held accountable. Every New Yorker must know that there is equal justice under the law, no matter no matter if you are the most powerful figure in New York or an everyday New Yorker. The systemic culture of criminal corruption, political vengeance and illegal retaliation under Andrew Cuomo was brushed under the rug for years by Democrats, the media and the cesspool of Albany. It is a disgraceful chapter in New York's history. The next governor, Kathy Hochul, must purge Cuomo's abusive, corrupt and criminal political appointees immediately to clean house for the sake of every New Yorker. Stefanik called for his arrest back on August 3rd, when the New York Attorney General independent, uh, General's independent report was released. Now, it, it, it seems that this article was rushed out a bit because I think they got uh, the, the uh, I think they got some of the quoting wrong. I don't think at least Stefanik said America has got a corrupt and criminal tenure. I think the actual quote was referring to uh, Cuomo. Here's the New York Post right out the right, right out the gate from the editorial board. Cuomo's insulting resignation speech, self-serving to the end. It's not me. It's you. That was Andrew Cuomo's self-serving tone-deaf resignation Tuesday. New Yorkers have always known he was a hugger, a kisser, but the lines have shifted. So suddenly you can't do that anymore, he said with a mad esque expression of shock. Wow. Cuomo finally did the right thing, saying he was going to be out of the office in 14 days. But despite his pleas of, I accept full responsibility, he accepted none at all. He blamed a hot political environment. He blamed his enemies. He blamed Twitter. He claimed holding men to account was unsustainable for society. Then he mansplained how much he's done for New York, skipping over the nursing home fiasco, the book he forced his staff to work on, the disastrous bills he didn't block.
2: a free quote by visiting CarShield online at CarShield.com slash Carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to CarShield.com slash Carlson and save 20% today.
1: Bravo, New York Post, the mansplaining thing. He said it was in his best, it it was in the best interest of New York State that he serve, but it was going to cost too much money. No, Andrew, it's not us. It's always been you. The Daily Caller with one of the most important responses. Never forget how cable news spent an entire year fawning over Cuomo. If they, if they had their way, Cuomo could have uh, been president, would have been in charge of the pandemic. And how many more people would we have lost because of this psychopath, because of this sociopath, because of this disgusting man? That was the media. Defending everything he did from Vogue. Why we are crushing on Andrew Cuomo right now. Yeah, why? I never much cared for Andrew Cuomo, even though like most New Yorkers, I voted for him three times. What? I just didn't fall in love with the guy. He wasn't anyone's dream politician and blah, 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 blah. I wanted to like Cuomo, but I was troubled by his work with the sketchy IDC. But what a difference a, a pandemic makes. All of a sudden, I love Governor Cuomo, his soothing Queens accent, his stories about his dad, Mario, and his 88-year-old mother, Matilda. And then there's the a- Andrew, the dad, embarrassing his kids with stories of their upbringing after his divorce when he was a single father and blah, blah, blah. Then there's Andrew bantering with his brother, Chris, on CNN, about which son wasn't calling their mother enough. It's truly incredible. I think Chris Cuomo should be suspended. I think CNN should apologize for what happened, and I think we need to recognize the extent to which this was going on for some time. Trevor Noah. Yeah, I'm not going to say that stupid word. Trevor Noah defending Cuomo with Ellen, just like all of them did, and now has the nerve to tweet New York has successfully flattened the perv. It's truly sickening. Take a look at this story from the Daily Mail. He should be grilled. Brian Stelter demands CNN colleague Chris Cuomo is questioned over his silence on claims against his brother, Andrew Cuomo, and warns his show could be canceled if viewers turn on him. CNN host Brian Stelter has admitted the optics of banning Chris Cuomo from talking about his brother are a problem and says Chris's shows could be canceled if viewers turn off over the scandal. He should be. Now, look, I'm I'm all about pencils having erasers. I understand Chris wanted to help his family. He should have stepped down temporarily. He had the choice. He didn't do it. But you know what? Let's, let's, Let's dig deeper. Chris Cuomo should be fired immediately and should not be welcomed in any media space ever again for faking having COVID, let alone this scandal. Quote, Management has been clear about its position. He is not covering the governor on TV, period, Stelter said. He is not talking about it at all. Stelter also defended the decision not to suspend Chris, who he insisted is taking a long-planned vacation on Monday in a bid to shoot down rumors that his colleague has been canceled when he disappears from the screens. He's getting a vacation, huh? Yeah. I love the corruption. They They don't go after Chris Cuomo for the, you know, working with his brother. They don't go after him over the conflict of interest and the stupid cotton swab fiasco. And, the, and this is it. Now now it's, uh, or I'm sorry, let me, I, I, I phrased that wrong. They didn't go after him because of the cotton swab thing. They didn't go after him, you know, for the conflict of interest or for lying about having COVID. Now it's just because of his brother. This is what they truly care about. Well, I'll tell you this. Elise Stefanik, she may be right. Albany Sheriff says criminal probe into complaint against Governor Cuomo could lead to arrest. This is from Gothamist. The Albany County Sheriff investigating claims against Andrew Cuomo said Saturday that the governor will be arrested and charged with a misdemeanor if they prove the claim is credible. The criminal investigation, believed to be the first brought against Cuomo after the staffer filed the complaint, comes as the embattled governor fights for political survival. Well, this story is from a few days ago. Quote, I'm not going to rush it. Because of who he is, I'm not going to delay it because of who he is, Sheriff Craig Apple said of the Cuomo investigation in a news briefing. He added, The investigation will be treated like any other probe his office carries out. Asked whether the sheriff's office will carry out the arrest if Cuomo is charged, Apple said, Absolutely. I want to see the perp walk. Everybody, tonight, when you are uh, ready for bed, Look upon a star and make that wish that we will get true justice and accountability, that this man will face charges for his crimes. All of them. Cross your fingers. Apple provided a few details about the criminal complaint filed by the accuser, who was not named. All right. She was referred to executive assistant. One, Apple did not specify what the accuser told investigators, but it was, you know, it was criminal conduct. In the attorney general's report, the assistant claimed Cuomo had, uh, broken the law. We'll put it that way. I think most of you understand what he's being charged with. Sheriff's investigators have now requested the state attorney general's office turn over evidence related to the incident mentioned in the report in a statement released shortly after the news conference. a spokesperson for James at the attorney general's office will cooperate fully in handing over state's evidence. Apple said if the investigation determines the claims are true, his office will meet with the Albany County District Attorney's Office to proceed with a formal charge and arrest. The investigation will involve interviews with the accuser and any relevant witnesses. Apple mentioned that investigators haven't ruled out interviewing the governor. During the press conference, Apple repeatedly referred to the assistant and all the men mentioned in the report as victims, acknowledging the stress they've endured in coming forward. They've been through a rough period of time. The last thing I want to do is continue to re-victimize. Every time their faces pop up on TV, or the names are mentioned on TV or on radio, it does in fact put more stressors on them, Apple said. I think we need to, uh, uh, we absolutely need to make sure we're holding everyone accountable, every single person. No one should be above the law. I don't care if it's Trump. I don't care if it's Hillary. I don't care if it's Cuomo. I don't care if it's DeSantis. You got evidence. You got something to put forward. Put it forward and no one is above the law. Michael Malice chimed in, and I saw his tweet, and he makes a great point. The Cuomo news is very bad for Gavin Newsom, who is already facing an enthusiasm gap. I would not bet on Newsom being recalled, but a close call would not be good for his future prospects and would cause major panic leading into the midterms. I don't know. Is Michael Malice correct? Don't bet on Newsom being recalled. Honestly, I don't know. From Fox News. Newsom recall election. Here's why California governor is in real trouble. Why is Newsom in trouble? A good deal of it is the result of his bad policies, but there, there, there's more. Here's the next Democratic governor that people want removed. Cuomo, he's out. That's it. Two weeks. So we're looking at what? August 24th? See you later, Cuomo. What about Whitmer, Wolf, Murphy, Newsome? From, Fo- uh, from for Fox News, quote, you know, Nikki, every now and then it helps. Uh, it helps if people like you so said soon-to-be world Formula One champion James Hunt to his fierce rival Nikki Lauda in response to Nikki asking others to vote, vote with him on whether to race in the rain in the movie Rush. In the days leading up to Gavin Newsom's recall election, he will have wished for the same. Gavin Newsom's big government, union, and ultra-environmentalist-centric policies have predictably failed California, and now he's facing a recall election on September 14th. Often, politicians can often overcome bad policies, but not bad personalities, And that is the biggest problem Newsom faces. He is not liked. The most recent recall poll garnered this headline from the San Francisco Chronicle. Shock poll shows Gavin Newsom losing recall vote by double digits. The numbers are 51% for the recall and 40% against in the blue state of California. In another poll, 58% say they don't want him to want him to run for governor in 2022. Why is Newsom in trouble? A good deal of it is the result of bad policies. Chief among them is the crime spree, is the crime sweeping the state. So much so that a stunning 65% of Californians believe that crime is getting worse, while 29 say it is the same or diminishing, according to a poll of 1,000 likely voters done by David Binder Binder Research, the San Francisco pollster who has worked on Barack Obama and Joe Biden's presidential campaigns. Given that 48% of the registered voters in California are Democrats, that is an even more remarkable poll. In a separate poll, 41% of Democrats gave Newsom a D or an F on homelessness. Here's how the Washington Examiner described the governor's recent press conference. Governor Newsom pledged to house and feed the world's homeless population this week during a whirlwind comeback California tour that is designed to stave off a September recall by angry voters. Just keep in mind, the state of California already has a homeless population that exceeds 180,000. As for that alleged economic comeback, According to the California Business Roundtable, six weeks into California's reopening, initial unemployment claims continue to rise in the state while dropping in the rest of the country. California initial jobless claims rose 8.1 percent, while the U.S. total dropped 4.4. The reason for those poor economic numbers includes California being one of the most taxed and highest regulated places on earth. Perhaps the most pressing of those regulations find many locations with gas prices above $5 a gallon. In fact, we saw $6. It was like five Mind blown. Higher gas prices operate like a tax on disposable income and take money right out of the pockets of the middle class and the less fortunate. Those in the upper classes likely can afford the higher gas prices and importantly, don't have to drive to their jobs anywhere near as much as the less fortunate. Beyond rising crime, widespread homelessness, and the rapidly rising cost of living, California is facing another record wildfire season. Uh, Also, I think the drought. I want to be fair to Newsom. I can't blame him necessarily for a drought or wildfires. But I suppose with better leadership, these things could be averted. He didn't make the drought happen or the wildfires happen, but he's certainly not done a good enough job to satisfy the, the needs of his constituents. They say there is also the issue of water restrictions. While it is true that last winter produced little rain, the more salient issue is that California does not save water for a non-rainy day. Each year, it allows trillions of gallons of water to come down from the mountains, rush through its rivers, and go straight out into the ocean in the name of environmentalism. That water should be directed to fill reservoirs and pumped to thirsty farms and communities. Moreover, Two reservoirs were approved by the state's voters in 2014 with a $7 billion plus bond. And not a single shovel of dirt has been turned because specious environmental claims. Nor has the state exploited the desalination opportunities in the, the, the Pacific Ocean offers it. Again, I'm not a fan of Newsom, but I want to be fair about the desalination. I've, I've investigated this stuff. And the problem with desalination is that you dump brine into the bottom layer of the water and it can actually kill the, the, the lowest, chain, uh, lowest level of the food chain. And could have negative consequences moving up the food chain and create dead zones. It's not so simple. It isn't. I can't blame the guy for it not raining. I can certainly blame the guy for every other failure in in California. And more importantly, with the COVID restrictions, the decimation of the economy, losing jobs at a time when when uh, when, when the rest of the country is, is improving, jobless claims, of course, going up. And what is what, what, what does he have to show for it? Going to restaurants, not wearing masks, violating his own policies. The dude should be recalled. Now, who's it going to be? I don't know. The California GOP votes not to endorse incoming Newsom recall election. The GOP is scared that if they tell people we're endorsing a particular candidate, then people won't come out and vote to recall. And they want the recall to happen first. Maybe after people, uh, it's, it's, it's on the same ballot. I guess it'll say, should he be recalled? If he is, who should replace them? I don't know if that's a good idea or a bad idea, because if people don't coalesce around a different candidate, who knows who's going to win? The Hill reports, the California Republican Party will not endorse a candidate in the state's upcoming recall election as 24 GOP candidates campaign to replace Governor Gavin, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom. The party voted overwhelmingly on Saturday not to endorse a candidate in the September race over concerns that throwing their support behind one of the Republican candidates would divide the party and lead some voters to stay home. Roughly 90% of the delegates who were at the party's virtual meeting supported not endorsing one candidate. They were reportedly planning on choosing which candidate to endorse out of a small group of four. 24% of California voters are registered as Republicans. The polls are showing that the recall is a statistical tie, and we cannot afford to discourage voters who are passionate about a particular candidate, yet may not vote because their favored candidate didn't receive the endorsement. Republican National Committee members Harmeet Dillon and Sean Steele wrote in an email. Californians will weigh in on the recall election on September 14th. The ballot will ask voters two questions. First, whether Newsom should be removed, then who should replace him? The second question will list the 41 candidates who qualified for the ballot, including talk radio host Larry Elder, former San Diego Mayor Kevin Fa- uh, Falconer, businessman John Cox, state legislator Kevin Kiley, Former U.S. House member Doug Osei and former Olympian and reality television personality Caitlin Jenner, all of whom are running as Republicans. Larry Elder sounds amazing, to be completely honest. If a majority of voters support Newsom's recall, the candidate who receives the most votes in the second question will win the governorship, the Newswire noted. Recent polls in the Golden State show that voters are deadlocked on whether or not to oust the first term governor. Have you seen the price of gold lately? At 877 646 5347. Again, that's 877 646 5347. A poll conducted between August 2nd and 4th by Survey USA for the San Diego Tribune, Union Tribune, found 51% of respondents would vote to remove Newsom from office if held that day, compared to 40% who said they wanted the governor to remain in his post. The poll did not report a traditional margin of error, but the credibility interval was five percentage points. Another survey conducted between July 30th and August 1st by the California Emerson College and Nextar Media Group found 46% of likely voters supported Newsom's recall, with 48% opposed and 6% undecided. Now, what I think is most important here is whether or not people can muster up, the, uh, they can mobilize. From CNN, California Governor Newsom faces a wall of apathy as Republicans mobilize recall voters. This is it. You see what's going to happen is Democrat voters show up to the polls and they say D, 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 D. Republicans show up and say R, 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 R. But right now, Republicans have the opportunity to get Larry Elder in as governor of California. That would be huge. (laughs) That would be amazing. I mean, we'll see what he can do. Smart guy. Now, normally, the Democrats would come out in their standard election and have their voices be heard. But how many of these Democrats are apathetic and won't actually come out and do anything? That's the question. How many Republicans will pounce, as the media likes to claim? CNN says, "Recall what recall?" The young mother peeked out through her screen door as three at three volunteers in matching union T-shirts holding pamphlets touting the embattled governor Gavin Newsom, uh, touting the embattled governor Gavin Newsom. Within five weeks before the special election, this woman was exactly the sort of voter the door-to-door canvasser with the, with the service employees International Union had hoped to reach in their first mass neighborhood outreach to stop the Republican-led effort to oust the Democrat from office. We just got to reach them, said Victoria Mackey, an SEIU local 2015 member, as the voter promises to vote no on turning Newsom out of office. For many months, the effort to recall the Democratic governor was viewed as having little chance of success in a state where no Republican, no Republicans hold statewide office and Democratic voters outnumber Republicans by nearly two to one. But in the final month before the September special election, Democrats are facing some unforeseen hurdles that are creating a lot of unexpected hand wringing as election officials get ready to mail out ballots to every voter in the state. Like many other governors around the country, Newsom is once again dealing with surging COVID-19 cases due to the Delta variant which is hamstrung traditional get-out-the-vote efforts and put parents on edge as their children get ready to head back to school. The wildfire season has also begun early with a vengeance testing voters' faith in Newsom. And the state is dealing with a historic drought. But while the four governors who lead the most populous states find themselves in varying degrees of political trouble, Newsom is the only one facing a recall challenge. Now, to be fair, Cuomo resigned. He was facing impeachment. Most worrisome for Democrats is the fact that the potential removal of Newsom has been met with a collective yawn by many voters in their party who have much more pressing concerns in their lives. Poll after poll has shown feverish enthusiasm about ousting the Democratic governor among Republican voters. But despite near frenetic texting, emailing, and breathless cries of stop the Republican recall by Newsom forces, the Democratic, appear, the, the Democratic base appears at most uninterested. Oh, man. If Newsom gets pulled out, wow. What a year. We're in a down year. We're in, we're in an off year. There's no elections right now. Now there's going to be. This is amazing. You know, 2022, we got the midterms. 2023, we got the primaries for the president. 2024, we got the presidential election. You get three years of crazy political news and cultural coverage. And then a year off, you know, where you talk about other stuff. But here we go. Things are getting spicy. Quote, oh, they want to remove him? Asked Christian Gutierrez, a young registered Democrat in South Pasadena. And he is not alone. Despite television ads featuring Democratic stars like Elizabeth Warren warning her party's voters to pay attention, Democratic strategists are becoming increasingly concerned that a lot of voters will simply throw them out in the trash because they don't see the recall as a real threat or don't even know it's happening. Oh, man, they're going to get a mail-in ballot look at it, and say, what's this for? I don't know. They're not focused on it. Said longtime California Democratic strategist Bill Carrick, "They're happy about President Biden. They're happy about having control of Congress. So they're not coming down off that high, uh, off that high to be depressed about a recall. Turnout is a problem," Carrick added. "If you're a Democrat, it's scary." Both Carrick and Mark Baldassar, I pronounce it, president and CEO of the Public Policy Institute of California, note that it's hard to predict voter turnout in any special election, let alone one that is unfolding as voters are distracted by a pandemic. And other crises like wildfires and drought. Larry Elderman, people of California. heed my call. I, I think California needs a change-up, bad. Mono uh, supermajority rule is not good for anybody. Here's your opportunity for a smart guy, Larry Elder. He could win. I think he's leading the pack. If Newsom is recalled and Larry Elder is governor, you're still going to have supermajority across the board and in every other place of California for the most part. But maybe you'll get a little, a little bit something different, maybe help mix things up. And you can't just keep doing the same thing and hoping it's going to change. Gavin Newsom has already shown, in my opinion, he's failed the state. Cuomo is out. Newsom is next. Will it be enough? And will we see the remaining horrible governors, Murphy, Wolf and Whitmer, face similar action? I don't know. I don't know. But it's 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 I'm, I'm glad that people are, are standing up, taking action. I'm glad to see there's some justice when it comes to Cuomo, and I hope we get some accountability when it comes to Gavin Newsom. All right, man. Well, we'll keep covering this stuff. This will be interesting. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. tonight at youtube.com slash timcast Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. CNN and progressive Democrat Cory Bush have helped hoax Americans. Now, you can decide whether you think it was intentional or not, but they did help a hoaxer make nearly $214,000 so far. Now, of course, the title of the story says $230,000. Yeah, it's less now. Apparently, it would would seem that people realized they had been hoaxed, that CNN put out fake news, surprise, and they got refunds back on their GoFundMe. The story is about a woman who claimed to have three daughters and was facing eviction. Cori Bush, of course, was pushing for the eviction moratorium to be reinstated in defiance of the Supreme Court. Turns out this woman doesn't actually have three daughters, or at the very least the little girls are not her children. And she was forced to come clean. Now, why didn't CNN fact check this? Why didn't Cory Bush? I don't know. I can't read their minds. And so I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to assume intent, though you are certainly free to do so and comment below as to what you think they did. But in my opinion, we have a lot of people in this country. They march in the footsteps of authoritarianism because they don't fact check. They hear a feel good story and they want to feel good. And as somebody who worked in fundraising for many nonprofits, I know exactly how the game is played. Yeah, these companies lie. These nonprofits, they lie. They push lies because they think without urgency, they can't get the job done. If you tell people that we're trying to solve a problem, but it can wait, they're going to say, eh, I'll do it later. If you say it's the, the end is nigh, a woman and her three children will be homeless. Please give her money. Then people will say, I have to. Isn't it, isn't it sad? The exploitation of goodwill. So here's what I can ask of you. This is the kind of story you need to share with people um, who, who don't want to believe this stuff, who believe the mainstream media. I'm going to show you The fundraiser actually uh, breaking down where the woman admits she she lied. She raised two hundred and thirty thousand dollars from lying to people like you, people of goodwill who are trying to help. We need to call this out and we need to show people that when it comes to politics, politicians either through negligence, incompetence or malice will present false stories to tug at your heartstrings to trick you into giving away your money and your power. So I'm not here to rag on the Democratic Party. I'm not here to rag on the Republican Party. I'm here to rag on the idea of false narratives and manipulation. Here's the story from the Daily Mail. They say CNN and squad member Cori Bush are blasted for fake news story that helped raise $230,000 for, quote, single mom of three facing homelessness over eviction moratorium but who was actually just a babysitter. Now, I don't even know if that's true. Why would I trust this woman? Now, of course, there are many people who say the Daily Mail is fake news. Okay, let me just pull up the fundraiser for you. As you can see here, Dasha, Pearl Trace, Kelly is organizing this fundraiser. The number says 214000 of a $2,000 goal. I'm glad that people are willing to help. One uh, donation came from Meredith Kellner, who gave $15,000. Meredith. I normally don't, wouldn't want to read the name of someone on this you know, GoFundMe. It is public, however. But I hope, I hope at the very least you know it's not true. The story was not true. Now, the first thing I want to show you before I—this lady's confessed, basically. I want to show you where the number was previously. We can see here that a screenshot of the GoFundMe shows $231,000 raised, 3.9K donors. You now have 3.8K donors. It's gone down. She wrote, initially, Hello there. My name is Kelly and I have three daughters living in Nevada. We were maintaining just fine before this pandemic hit. Now we are suffering. We do have EBT for food and also applied for CHAP. However, they do not assist immediately. We owe $1,900 for rent alone, not including utilities. I will figure out utilities by pawning a few things. As you all know, it's entirely still too hot to be homeless. My daughters are aged five, six, and eight. Please help with anything you can. Sincerely, my beautiful girls and I. Update. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much again for your support on my fundraiser. I've been contacted with some concerns about my relationship to the girls mentioned on my fundraiser, and I'd like to clarify a couple of things. The girls recognize me as a mother figure in their lives, but I am not their biological mother. My partner is the children's father, whom I do not live with, and I take care of these girls in my home for periods of time and have in the, and have for the last couple of years. I love these girls unconditionally and have, been out, and have been out of the kindness of my heart. I treat them as my daughters and care for them in this way. This detail doesn't change my original need for donations to avoid eviction, and I'll be using the funds to get back on my feet to support my family. As mentioned in my last update, I will be putting money aside for the girls in a savings account. If you would prefer to receive a refund for your donation, please fill out the form below, and it appears many, many people did. And it also appears many people just aren't going to find out. I'll tell you what happens. CNN aired the story. Look at this. Biden admin announces new limited eviction moratorium. Dasha Kelly, mother of 3 facing eviction. CNN did not fact check. Please. You don't have to be about it doesn't have to be about policy. You don't have to care about uh, look, if you're on the right or you're on the left, this is not about progressive taxes. This is not about life, -life, pro-life, pro-choice. This is not about any of that stuff. This is about the media not doing their jobs. And $214,000 going out based on a lie. Now, by all means, you can defend CNN all you want. I don't know who would or why. And to be completely honest, I think actual leftists would not defend CNN anyway. So I don't know how we, 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 we weed through this stuff other than We need more populist leftists and people and and the populist right to be overtly calling out the media as often as possible. That's it, because I'll tell you this. If you're on the left, if you are, you know, you want the Bernie Sanders, you want the young progressives. okay, that's fine. Then how about we all just let every one of these establishment regular, you know, uh, default individuals who don't pay attention know the media lies. All the time about war, about uh, Flint, about all of this stuff. They are liars. They will lie to defend the establishment, be it against Bernie or against Donald Trump, whatever. Now, the problem is, you have too many populist leftists, in my opinion, who would just be like, oh, never work with the right. You know, they're bad no matter what. And it's like, okay, whatever, man. You know what? Defend the establishment defend the lies and the manipulations from the media. Fine. I guess the ultimate issue is that when we look at things like this, people don't actually, you know what? I don't think young people understand who are these uh, landlords, who the people are who own these houses. I don't think they understand capitalism or communism. And I think a lot of conservatives don't understand capitalism or communism either. You end up with people screaming corruption, but they say capitalism or communism. Look, you, the utopian vision of communism, oh, it sounds magical, doesn't it? You know, everybody is a fair share and all that stuff. The problem is it's not possible to implement. Or, or or, if it is, it requires too much death to do. So it just doesn't work. Capitalism, on the other hand, results in recklessness. Like, over I'm talking about like laissez-faire. So I'm, when I say communism, I mean like the furthest left you can go, authoritarianism. And with laissez-faire capitalism, you end up with manipulation, lies, fraud, and potentially the, the, the coalescing of ma- massive power into monopolies. Granted, I'd rather have its, the, the coalescing, coalescing of power happen slowly over time, as opposed to communism snapping its finger and just taking it. The point is, there's got to be some moderate middle ground of some sort, maybe leaning in one direction a little bit or more more so than the other. So we don't want, you know, uh, reckless, uh, whatever, you get the point. Here's the problem. Here's what I'm trying to get to. Candace Owens tweeted something like, Landlords uh, can't evict people and they're not getting money. So they're going to lose. They're, they're going to be forced to sell. And these big investment firms are going to be able to buy it up with, with money printed from the government, the Fed, like, like BlackRock and Blackstone. And that's true. And then she said, Candace Owen says, this is communism. Then on Reddit All of these young leftists say literally they're they're like, LOL, literally capitalism, as if capitalism is the government destroying businesses so that they can fund private sector industries to seize them up. I'm sorry. If you look at Mussolini's uh, definition of fascism, the lucrative merger of corporation and state, it's not capitalism or communism. It's something worse it's fascism. It's totalitarianism. Just call it evil, authoritarianism, and corruption. Because if the communists, lefties, or socialists, or whatever, are mad about that system, hey, so am I. I don't care what word you use. I don't like the government screwing over small businesses, stealing the working class wealth to give to billionaires at private corporate corporations. That's not capitalism. That's fascism. Capitalism is defined as the private it's the private ownership of the means of production, and socialism is the public means of uh, ownership of the means of production. You could have an argument to, uh, about to which degree you think the means of production should be owned by the public. I got no problem with that. I'll argue with you probably either way until we can find something that functions. I'm all about just does it work? Okay. Are people being treated fairly? Okay. Do the workers get to keep the products of their labor? Then I am happy with that. You want to have a conversation about to what degree they're owed? I can have that conversation. But if you want to come out and claim the government destroying small businesses so that private firms, international, multinational, billion-dollar corporations can buy up property is communism, that's not correct. And if you want to argue that's capitalism, that's not correct. But either way, you know what? I don't care. Call it whatever you want. I think we are all opposed to it. So can we at least all agree on that? Now, anyway, back to stories like this. We have overt manipulation of people's emotions. To, to benefit this establishment machine. Stories like this, tugging at your heartstrings, lies and manipulation, asking you to give up your money, give up your vote. Why? This empowers the fascists. It empowers the establishment elites to do exactly what we're all complaining about. Tell me this. If you are on the left and a populist, OK, you like Bernie, you like progressives, you like Cory Bush. Do you want 60-year-old retirees who own one house to lose that house to massive multinational investment firms who get free money from the government so that in the future you will own nothing and you will be happy. Why would, why would you support that? Don't we want the working class to have access to resources, to own, to be independent? I guess. Maybe not. I don't know. Here we go from CNN judge suggests gamesmanship at play with CDC's latest eviction moratorium. They say a federal judge suggested Monday that gamesmanship was at play with the eviction moratorium that the Biden administration rolled out last week, but also expressed skepticism about the legal arguments being put forward by landlords who are seeking to block the moratorium. What's truly incredible about this is the Supreme Court already ruled the eviction moratorium was illegal. All right. Now, I I know most of the people on the right already get this stuff. So in the in the hopes that there are some young leftists who end up watching this, let me just explain that you what you may not be aware of. Property, land ownership, landlords, it is not massive multinational corporations for the most part. I'm no fan of them. I'm no fan of the privatization of housing and investment properties. I'm no fan of the idea that rich people buy up properties, don't live in them and don't use them and just sit on them because they'll be worth more money eventually. I don't like that. It, it, driving up prices, making it harder for regular people to own homes. I want people to own homes. I want you to own a home. I want millennials to own their own home. I want you to be safe and secure with your own property. So here's the issue with the moratorium. 60-year-old, retired. They saved up $300,000 while working. Him, you know, a, a man and his wife. This is their retirement fund. It's small. Maybe, I think the average right now might be like about 500000 So let's say they saved up $500,000. That's their retirement. It's for the last 20 years of their life. They have to make that work. And they can. And so what they do is instead of putting it in a retirement account or it's in a 401k, they put it in a building. A building they perhaps live in. And then they rent out the top floor or the bottom floor or one of the floors. And so what happens is they have money, three hundred to 500000 they buy a property for three hundred dollars to $500,000, so there's enough space where they can rent it out. The money for that house, it's in the, in the house. You can't buy food with it. So the people who move in, usually younger people who want a small apartment, are paying a premium to those retirees because they worked really, really hard for that house. And now the person who lives there is helping those people live. That's the point of the investment. Now, I suppose you can argue the government should just guarantee the money to the old people. And by all means, we can have those discussions. The point is, I'm not saying the system should be this way. I'm saying I do not support the idea that Joe Biden can come with a sledgehammer to the lives of retirees who did everything right. Think about what you went through with student loans. They told you take out student loans. They told you you'll get the good job. They told you this is what you're supposed to do. And you said, okay, I will. And you did. And now the system is broken. Now the the, the interest rates are insane. And they and they're strangling young people. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? So I am not about to advocate for screwing over young people. And I actually am in favor of here's what I think we do. I think we get rid of the interest rates on all that debt. I think you pay down the principal, no more interest rates with with deferrals and all that stuff if you don't have work. And we stop strangling young people. And more importantly, or I should say, and equally as importantly, we do not strangle the retirees and people who are who are doing exactly as they were told to do with their savings. I'm not going to pretend every single home is owned by retirees, mind you. There are a lot of faceless, disgusting international financial institutions that are buying up properties and renting to people and stripping those resources out so they can make billions in profits. I'm not a fan of that. But I'm not a a fan of the government coming out and saying, we're going to make sure that no one can be evicted. No, we have to do things by scale. You get these manipulations and these lies because they want to trick you. They want you because you're a good person. They want you to give up your power, your rights, and they want to use your voice to help hurt other people. I mean, it's true for everybody, right or left. Big corporations wanted to exploit the free market ideals of people on the right so that they could import cheap labor and then get them deported. It's disgusting. The big corporations that were doing this, they would advertise in Mexico for people to come illegally offer them all this money. But instead of giving them money, they would just call INS back when before ICE. I was watching a documentary about this. They'd be like, yeah, come work and we'll pay you. They would pay under minimum wage, no guaranteed health care. None of these people have, have their labor rights. And then they would call immigration and deport them. The most disgusting and extreme exploitation I've ever seen. I'm not a fan of that. You know, I'm a fan of I'm a fan of a dude making some birdhouses. And then he's like, look, I've made 100 birdhouses. I'm going to sell them. And it cost me 20 bucks per birdhouse. So I'll sell them for 25 bucks and make a five dollar profit. And then this guy can buy a house and he can live in it. And then he can then eventually when he's old, there's a young person who says, you know, I don't quite have the resources to buy a house myself. I just wanted to start my own birdhouse business. By all means, my friend, I, I will rent out the, the, the upstairs to you and you have a place to live while you, you develop and, and grow and mature. And acquire those resources. The system is broken in a whole lot of ways. But so long as the media is lying, cheating, and stealing, so long as tribalists are more concerned about hating the other, we're never going to solve these problems. And this is what really bums me out. And you really got to watch Electric Dreams. Watch the last episode about uh, uh, the others. It's amazing. A politician tells people to, uh, let's just say, take extremist action against the others. Quite literally, quote, the others. What is the other? Well, in the show, a guy is basically like, stop advocating for this violence. Why are you doing this? So they say, you must be an other. And that's exactly what's happening right now. It was a brilliant, uh, I guess, analogy to, to what's going on uh, in, in our culture today. That if you come out and say, I believe in free speech, they say, why are you defending Nazis? Well, no, I'm not. I'm defending a principle the right to self-expression, because I know what's going to happen when the government is granted the power to take away people's right to speak. They come for the good people. You always, they always do this. They have to use the most extreme. So now you got that thing with Apple. Apple came out and said they're going to be scanning your phone, your phones for images of, of child exploitation. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the game they play because who, 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 who would support the exploitation? Creepy, disgusting pieces of trash. So when I heard that, you know, like most people, it's like, wow. Well, you know, we don't we don't like the exploitation. We do want it to stop. But what are you willing to support? Apple installing spyware on your phones? Nah, man. We have a fourth amendment for a reason. What's happening now is that our rights are being destroyed by corporations, by corporations, by corporations. Let me say it for those in the back by corporations. It is the government tacitly going along with this. The Democrats refusal to legislate this stuff. And then you have big tech shutting down people's right to speak, shutting down people's right to organize. And yes, I'm talking about the left as well. Many anti-war leftist activists were suspended, banned and purged from social media. You have major corporations buying up properties, taking away our rights. I think that's, you know, I don't know if that's a leftist position or whatever. I don't even know what left or right means at this point. Back in the day, it used to be that if you were on the left, you were always like the corporations are bad. And if you're on the right, the government is bad. And I'm like, they're both bad. They're both bad in a lot of ways. But we can't even get any kind of regulation on the on the horrible things these corporations are doing. They are they're they're effectively stealing our homes, pricing us out. They are lobbying to strip us of our rights. And it's only been getting worse. I've always, always ragged on corporations I've always been that traditional liberal saying the corporations are the ones causing the problems. The issue is the government is a hollow shell. The corporations are the power structure by which individuals gain and amass power, and they buy their way into government either through revolving door policies where the head of one for profit evil corporation then becomes the head of some government agency. And then they regulate their friends. Or they run a weapons contractor and then become vice president and declare war on several other countries. The government can only do so much. And so the issue I, I suppose I often talk about is how do we stop? How do we stop this? I don't know. We will just always be people exploited by the elites because, to be honest, there's two, there's two factors involved in, in what the elites bring to the table. One, their ability to amass resources and use those resources to manipulate. And two, the skill knowledge and connections required to get to those positions that's tremendous power the average working class person does not have and they do it through means like this lying so that you give in and support evil corporations So let me put it simply i don't want people to be evicted i don't want people to lose their homes i don't want to see the working class or veterans or anybody kicked out of the street that's horrifying You know, there's a lawsuit against Biden right now, claiming that he violated the Third Amendment, because some of these people who can't be evicted are soldiers, and the Third Amendment says you can't quarter soldiers in people's homes. I don't want soldiers to be evicted, but I also think people need to realize, if we're going to implement a policy like this, then perhaps the eviction moratorium needs to be more on the idea of if you are if you are if you own a certain amount of properties, if you are of a certain net worth. Perhaps the challenge is. They are going to create an addiction to the corporatocracy, to the fascistic system. So if you oppose fascism, you do not want people dependent upon government paying people so that private corporations profit. That's, that's exactly what's been happening. So what's funny is, oh, fascism has been, been on the rise. And I've certainly talked about this many times. And I think it's funny when when people are like, you know, uh, make fun of me because I say that the real fascists are, you know, that this or that corporation. And it's like, but it is it is. It's not Trump. Trump a, was a blowhard and he came out and he was anti-establishment. Sure, he did a lot of dumb things. Don't get me wrong, but Joe Biden is a fascist. And I think even the anti-fascist, the Antifa would agree. So why would you vote for someone like that? I'd rather vote for a libertarian. But this is where we're at now. Lying cheating, stealing, manipulation and it seems like somehow the courts are going to be siding with what is effectively a fascist program. It is. Now look, if the idea was we're going to make sure the landlords are all taken care of, I say okay. I guess desperate times call for desperate measures, I can accept that to a certain degree. But if we're going to say right now that we're we're struggling to get those payments out, Small uh, uh, property owners, mom and pops and retirees are going into forbearance and losing their homes and being forced to sell to BlackRock and Blackstone. We are watching the rise of fascism, the lucrative merger of corporation and state. And in the end, you will own nothing and you will be happy. That's what they've been saying. Please do not accept that. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Team USA paintball player has been fired from the team after mocking a teen hospitalized with COVID saying, "Ma'am, your kid does not need a COVID shot. Your kid needs an effing treadmill." A former team at USA paintball player Jessica Mayolo appears to say in a video. Now, the first thing I always say is you shouldn't be getting medical opinions from TikTokers. You should be going and talking to talking to your trusted medical professional. But the one thing I really want to point out here before we get into the story, well, I should say the two things is the elephant in the room, comorbidities, and how they're playing a role in COVID deaths, because it is true. Reuters, is report, uh, Reuters, and many other, uh, the CDC, 94% of those who have died from COVID have had comorbidities. And this means some of these deaths can be prevented with better health practices and better lifestyle choices. Now, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Again, I, I look, if you're somebody with bad knees and I tell you to go run and then your knees break, I, I'm not playing the game. I'm just saying, People should figure out how to lead healthier lives, and we could maybe then start saving many more lives. But the other thing I want to point out just before we get started is, why has everybody got to be so mean? Look, I get it. You know, you want to point out comorbidities and you want to, you want to tell people they, they've got to do better. They got to do it right by themselves, but you don't got to be mean about it. I get it. it's the internet. The internet's a nasty place. Everybody's all, you know, for the most part, a lot of people are mean online. I've been in the internet my whole life. I get it. Welcome to the internet. People are nasty. But can we do better? Can we just be not as mean? Because look, when you come out and say things like this, you don't, you don't, you're not arguing to anybody. You're not convincing anybody. You come out and insult people and deride them. And I want to stress, man, this teen who's overweight, they're, they're in a hospital, man. Like the family's probably freaking out. They're probably worried about the life of this individual. We don't need to come out and be all nasty about it. But this combines a few things, cancel culture, because apparently some young woman, I'm assuming she was joking. She came out and she was like, my, my dad invented toaster strudel and I'm going to report you to the company. And I'm like, is toaster strudel a sponsor of the paintball or something? I have no idea. But then this, the, this woman gets canceled. Now, she should not have been canceled. She should not be booted off the team for this. People are so stupid and sensitive. Calm down. She could be a little nicer. But we should talk about what's going on with obesity, because the CDC has put out a statement about obesity and COVID. And I think we should talk about it, because interestingly, right now, many people on the left who are typically pro-universal healthcare are all of a sudden having a problem with the idea that we have to pay the bills for the anti-vaxxers. Well, what do you think the conservative argument is about universal health care? It's literally that argument. You're only now realizing this when they say, why should we pay the bill for people who live unhealthy lifestyles? That's the conservative argument. And now we're seeing establishment leftist types all of a sudden walking away from their universal health care ideas because they don't like people who won't get the vaccine. Let's talk about this stuff. First, what happened with Team USA Paintballer? The Independent reports, a professional paintball player has been removed from her team after she appeared to mock a teenager sick with COVID. Former Team USA Paintball player Jessica Maiolo, 31, recently posted a TikTok video of, her, of herself commenting on 17-year-old David Espino. A high school student who was hospitalized with the virus. In the background of the video, a TV news broadcast shows David in a hospital bed. The backlash was swift. Another TikTok t- TikToker, our Exorcist, reposted the video with their own commentary added in, saying, "Jessica, as a member of Team USA paintball, I really don't think you're qualified to speak on public health issues, especially not when it's to fat shame a hospitalized teenager who probably didn't have a say in his vaccination status." Now. I find the the faux outrage and pseudo activism, the faux activism, to be quite annoying. I will say, man, don't make fun of people in hospital beds who are dying. We're trying to convince people to do better. We're trying to convince people to be calm, reasonable, and rational. You don't do that by insulting somebody who's literally on their, potentially on their deathbed. But not like I like the cancel culture stuff either. Ms. Mayolo's original video has since been deleted But that didn't stop TikTok users from condemning the joke in comments. I've seen so many videos of adults being mean to children and even babies because they're in a hospital with COVID. I don't understand it. I agree with that sentiment. Why? What? Another user fumed. I fully cannot believe she thought saying any of that on the internet was going to turn out good for her. Vile human. As the outrage grew, Team USA Paintball finally put out a statement saying Miss Maiolo had been removed from the team. Team USA Paintball has no tolerance for discrimination or bullying of any kind. Our investigation into the troubling conduct of Miss Maiolo has been concluded. We've decided to remove her from the team indefinitely. You know what? I don't paintball, but I'm not a fan of that either. Yo, everybody just calm down for once. We got a problem with comorbidities. The United States has an obesity problem. But come on, y'all need to chill. This is only going to make things worse. Miss Maiolo released her own statement on Monday expressing regret saying, If I were to have such a moment again to convey my full thoughts, I would choose my words more carefully and consider how my opinions may affect others. It was never my intention to shame any individual. I know that there is much I may not know about the boy in the video, and I do hope that he is well. David has reportedly recovered from the virus after a 10-day stay in the hospital, wherein he received oxygen therapy. Well, I'm glad to hear that he's okay. I don't care what you think about whether somebody isn't taking care of themselves or whether they should be more responsible with their weight and lifestyle. I don't want to see these people lose their lives. So I'm glad this person is doing better, and now I would say to David, I'm 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 elated and ex- extremely happy to see that the doctors were able to help you, and perhaps this is an opportunity to consider uh, doing right by your health, talking to your doctor about ways that you can improve your health, prevent this hospitalization from happening again. This is something we need to talk about because it is it is a, playing a huge role in what's happening with COVID. Now. When you come out, you say harsh things like this. Again, cancel culture was stupid. We, we have it from the CDC. Obesity, race, ethnicity, and COVID-19. They go to mention adult obesity is increasing. So Jessica, uh, I, the, the, Myola, right? She's not wrong, okay, in her sentiment. She was just kind of a dick about presenting it. So with all due respect, I appreciate that she came out with the apology. And I think we should recognize she's right. Now, the CDC is telling us this. They say obesity worsens outcomes for COVID-19. Adults with excess weight are at even greater risk during the COVID-19 pandemic. Having obesity. Well, I should say she's uh, she's right in the sense that obesity is a problem. As for the vaccine stuff, that's that's your and your doctor's talk decision. But they say this having obesity may triple the risk of hospitalization due to a COVID-19 infection. Obesity is linked to impaired immune function. Obesity decreases lung capacity and reserve and can make ventilation more difficult. A study of COVID-19 cases suggests that risks of hospitalization, intensive care unit admission, invasive mechanical ventilation, and death are higher with an increasing BMI. The increased risk for hospitalization or death was particularly pronounced in those under age 65. More than 900,000 adult COVID-19 hospitalizations occurred in the US between the beginning of pandemic and November 18, 2020. Models estimate that 30.2% of these hospitalizations were attributed to obesity. So to all the people on the left, they want to come out and they want to say, here's what you should do to end this pandemic. I say, no, talk to your doctor. Because I'll tell you this, if this is the data that your doctor is going to give you, maybe the doctor is going to say you need to go for a walk. You need to reduce the salt and the carbs and things like that. I don't know exactly what you should do because I'm not a nutritionist or a doctor. I'm just saying the CDC is coming out with this information, which I want to throw back to the Rand Paul thing, right? Rand Paul made a comment about the CDC, uh, what he what he referred to as anti-science and called on people to resist. We saw almost immediately many uh, leftists, I shouldn't say leftists, but like establishment Democrat type leftists saying that he was telling people to ignore the CDC itself not giving the context of one specific policy he disagreed with. Not that I'm saying he's right or anything. I'm just saying this. I think we can all agree when the CDC comes out and says it, obesity is 30.2% of the hospitalizations were attributed to obesity. We can say, hey, we in this country have a problem with this. We need to address it. We need to encourage people to do better. We need to tell people, listen, go for a walk. Seriously, just go for a walk. I can't tell you how good it feels to exercise. And how, how amazing you feel every day when you consistently exercise. It's like you get that snowball rolling down the hill. It might be slow to start. It might be taxing. But eventually, it's just taking care of itself, man. Exercise, it feels so good. I skate every day. Literally every day. At least a little bit. And it's so much fun. And then what happens is I'm like, I constantly feel like I got an electrical charge. Like I'm just energized. How do you think I'm able to talk so much nonstop all day every day? It's crazy, isn't it? Exercise, man. Reading a whole lot. Exercise that mind. Exercise that body. Keep yourself healthy. Now, admittedly, I should eat a little bit better than I do. I, I, I wouldn't say I eat as bad as most Americans, but uh, we eat out too much, and that's the issue. So now it's like we're gonna, we're gonna start doing better. We're gonna do better because we are responsible for our health, which brings me to the point about universal healthcare that I want to get into. We get this tweet from this year fella, Justin Wolfers. That's uh, getting picked up a little bit. He's a professor at University of Michigan. Econ and the Ford School and he's a New York Times contributor. He says, when anti-vaxxers rack up tens of thousands of dollars in hospital bills, who pays? Think about it. And you'll realize that their political positions are effectively being subsidized by members of insurance pools, taxpayers and the vaccinated. The problem is not just that anti-vaxxers are risking the health of kids and the immunocompromised and all and all of us at risk of breakthrough infections. It's also that when they when they hurt themselves, we pay. This is a pretty stark framing, which I first read from Mike Makowski, summarizing a column written by Jonathan Meir here for Market Watch. Here's what they say. Opinion. Don't want the COVID-19 vaccine? Then pay the full cost if you land in the hospital. Put your money where your mouth is or get vaccinated. Whoa, 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 whoa. I thought, I'm not going to speak for this person, uh, this individual. I don't know his political positions on universal health care. But I do think it's fascinating now that we're getting mainstream pushback on the idea of universal health care. As the CDC already stated, obesity plays a role in hospitalizations, 30.2 percent. Poor lifestyle choices that people make results in our hospital bills being much, much higher. Now, uh, hold on there a minute. I've been to the hospital before. There was a I, I have that story. You probably heard me say I went to after I left vice. I had a week in between where I didn't have insurance and they tried charging me. I think it was something like 20 grand. I can't remember the exact number. It was insane. It was like one day in the hospital, and I was like, this is nuts. That's insane. So yes, hospital bills are screwed up entirely. I think we need dramatic and extreme healthcare reform now. Personally, I am in favor of universal healthcare for basic kind of coverage. What that means is, Certain surgeries and more expensive procedures would have to be covered by private insurance, but basic stuff like broken bones and maybe getting the flu would be uh, universally covered. That being said, just because I favor the system doesn't mean mean I think we can implement it right now in our country. I'd like to see that happen. But that's like saying I want to be at the finish line right when the race starts. No, 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 no. We got to run the race. We got a marathon here. We got 26 miles to go. We're going to have to go through every step of the way if we want to get to that end point, which means we're far away from that goal. But I would favor that. And here's the issue I take. One of the most important points that's brought up by conservative, conservatives that makes it very difficult to implement universal health care is the fact that there are people who don't take care of themselves. The fact that people aren't being responsible with their health and their lives. They're not exercising. They're not eating right. They're sitting in their living room, eating Hot Pockets and drinking Mountain Dew and doing no exercise. And, you know, look, if that is you, I'm not trying to be mean or come down or mock or deride. Absolutely not. Quite the opposite. I want to just suggest, why don't you pick up, pick up a little bushel of, of broccoli and some uh, fresh chicken cutlets or something. Throw them on the throw in a little frying pan with some a little dash of salt and peanut oil or something like that. Man, I, I love it. Some of, some of, I, I just absolutely love steamed broccoli. It is just just Perfect. The broccoli, steamed, boom, done. You don't got anything, anything to it. I don't, even, I don't even put cheese on it. I just genu- genuinely enjoy that stuff. These are people. These are, there are a lot of people who have bad habits because American consumerism has just made it easy and cheap and effective. And you know what? Responsibility isn't easy. Responsibility is hard. It is so easy. That's what I'm saying. We eat out too much. It's so easy to just pick up the phone and be like, deliver the food. I don't want to do it. I don't want to make it. And then you get greasy, oily garbage. So here's what ends up happening. The conservative argument against universal healthcare. You have too many people who are going to clutter up the system because they make bad life choices. And then we have to wait in line behind them and pay their bills. You know what? I can't reconcile that. The other issue is the race-based distribution of vaccines was horrifying. They, they, they actually, uh, the government was advocating this. I'm like, dude, come on, man. We set it up by, by region. We treat everyone fairly and equally. We don't, Implement race-based medical treatments. That's that's horrifying. So here's what ends up happening. You know, look, I see this story of this young woman. She shouldn't be canceled. She should be nicer, but there's a point to be made. People are not taking care of themselves, so why should the rest of us? In fact, I actually agree with Justin Wolfers when he says, who's gonna be paying the bills for these anti-vaxxers who are in the hospital? Everybody else, you know what, Justin, you are correct. How do we solve for that? Well, one of the things I said is that aside from, you know, the, the, the general health advice that you would get, I think that if we worked to reduce comorbidities, we would see a dramatic reduction in COVID-19 deaths. And that would be that would be amazing. It would be tremendous. This is from ABC4 News. CDC says 94% of COVID-19 deaths had underlying medical conditions. Now a lot of people confuse this as to think that people didn't die from COVID. Uh, the way I explain it to people is like imagine you have a bridge that's not being maintained very well. Uh, but it's a bridge and it works and you know someone comes along and then hacks away at one of the support columns and then the bridge collapses. People would then say, "Oh, but the the the, the bridge was old and rickety and it wasn't being well well taken care of." And you're like, "Yeah, I know, that's true." and we should have maintained it. But there was a dude hitting the bottom of it, you know what I mean? And then it fell down. That's 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 how you can understand the comorbidity thing. But I also think it's fair to say then, if we maintain that bridge, if we reinforce it, if we pre- re- replace the broken supports, then someone can come along and whack it all they want. And we're like, it's reinforced. It's well-maintained. It's not going to fall. This is, this is a story going back to August 30th of 2020. They say, according to the CDC, Comorbidity is defined as more than one disease or condition. Uh, More than one disease or condition is present in the same person at the same time. Conditions described as comorbidities are often chronic or long-term conditions. Other names to describe comorbid conditions are coexisting or co-occurring conditions and sometimes also multimorbidity or multiple chronic conditions. I'll put it this way. If you are morbidly obese, that could kill you. But it doesn't mean that you necessarily will. There's a lot of people who are very, very overweight who are alive.
0: If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss, plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: But then you get COVID and then you are more likely to be hospitalized, more likely uh, to, to suffer serious uh, effects. It's harder for them to, to give you oxygen therapy and things like that. So ultimately what it comes down to is we need to change our culture. I think if we're only talking about big pharma solutions and medical technology and stuff, we're missing a big piece of this of this picture. People should spend more time in the outdoors. People should, in my opinion, get away from cities. And I know people are like, "Yeah, but what about you know Miami?" I'm like, "Miami's great, but you still get out and go hiking, breathe some fresh air, stop polluting." That's the other thing. It's like I don't want to encourage people to go to the forest and then see all pollution everywhere. No, we should we should treat the outdoors with respect. We should go for long walks and and look at the trees and smell the flowers and be safe. And I tell you, a walk is a great way to just help stay stay in shape and stay fit. But You always want to eat better. And I'm not a nutritionist or anything like that. So you got to figure out what's right for you on the Internet. You know, uh, ask professionals and stuff like that. But eat better. Get away from the cities. Try and do right and be responsible. Be responsible for for the garbage you produce. Be responsible for the food you eat. Be responsible for the health of yourself and stop demanding other people do it for you. Now, in the future, I envision and would wish for, which may be utopian and not possible. Someone gets sick. They walk into the hospital and the doctor says, right this way, and they treat the individual. And they don't have to worry about going bankrupt. Someone breaks an arm, doctor treats it. Now, perhaps the problem is you combine universal health care with universal freedoms and liberties, and you'll get people who eat 10 Hot Pockets for breakfast, and then they end up in the hospital quite a bit. And everyone else has got to pay for that. In which case, I'm not entirely sure the system can work. It may be utopian. Because you look at what's going on in some of these other countries where the left often says, oh, look how great universal health care is. It's working here, here, and here. And then you actually look at the videos and there's people saying, it's actually not that great. You're waiting in long lines. You've got, you've got to wait three or four months to get important surgeries for you know, things that you, you might need. Some surgeries won't even be covered. And so a lot of the, most of these countries, I believe almost all of them, offer private supplemental insurance because it's not so simple. But I actually, I, I like that. I like that idea of a future. If we're going to get there, we need to change our culture. We need to encourage people to be healthy. We need to get rid of this idea of of fat shaming, okay? We should never encourage someone to be unhealthy and put their lives at risk. The last thing I want to hear is that this young man died of COVID because of a comorbidity, because if he was overweight, it wouldn't have happened, or, you know, he would have had milder symptoms, things like that. I want to see this young man thrive, survive, and change the world. I want to see you do the same. I want to see everybody do a little bit better. Unfortunately, there are too many people who want to pass off responsibility for themselves to other people, which is why you see things like this. This one kind of slipped under the radar, didn't it? California California unanimously approves America's first state-funded guaranteed income. The Golden State will provide state-funded payments to qualifying individuals. Okay, we know what's going on with the labor shortage, with the unemployment payments. We can't keep taking the responsibility away from the individual because then they look, I think Mike Bloomberg has it wrong. Bloomberg seems to think that you can tax sugary drinks because people are too dumb. He's actually stated that Mike Bloomberg thinks that he he, Bloomberg said tax the poor. Bloomberg said it's because Bloomberg, I'm making sure I'm saying his name. Bloomberg thinks that people weren't smart enough to make decisions for themselves and that he said if they had uh, money, they'd make bad decisions. That's bad. That's wrong. That is someone saying, I refuse to take responsibility for the culture that I help create. No, what you need to do is encourage people to do better. Don't be mean to people, especially in the hospital. Be nice. Imagine if she came out and instead said, this is a horrifying story. I, I hope David uh, um, recovers. I wish his family the best. Please, my friends, you need to understand how obesity is impacting people who are contracting COVID. The CDC has already stated that you are more, you are more at risk if you are obese. Please do it for yourself. Do it for your family and your friends. And then where, there'll be no cancellation. The real issue is just being mean. I think the idea of fat shaming is stupid, but I also think being mean to people who are fat is stupid. I think you can politely tell someone like, you know, with all due respect, I, I'd love to see you uh, exercise and, and do better uh, with your health. Instead, we live in this world now where even that is offensive. I remember there was this one viral video where a guy emailed a news uh, woman and she was obese and he said something that was actually rather uh, polite, if not direct, where he said, you are a role model to young women and your obesity is, you know, is, is, is worrying. I would encourage you to to get healthy and fit so that, you know, young women who look up to you will also do the same. And then she came out and shamed the guy. And I'm like, dude. He didn't come out and call you a bunch of names. He didn't insult you. He didn't laugh at you. He said, "I want you to do better because you're a role model to these kids." I res- I agree with that. We got to be careful about this, man. Too many people want to feign some kind of injustice occurred so they can get internet points. Nah, this is a real issue. The CDC has said it. They're correct. I think we know that. I'm not gonna. I I don't I don't pick and choose necessarily what to trust. You know, I'm not a big fan of government in general because I don't think that they're 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 magically like. Always right, but I think there are some things that most of us recognize when you look at the hard numbers. When the CDC comes out and says most of this stuff, I typically uh, I'll take something with a grain of salt. But what else am I supposed to base my judgments, judgments, on, judgments on? I'll talk to a doctor. I'll do some research. In the end, I think there's something we need to talk about. If we do this right, we can actually inspire people to be healthier. And I'll tell you this: if people were healthier, our hospital bills would be a lot less anyway. Let's get America back on track. Let's get a nation of people who are fit who enjoy exercise. We need to address our cultural problems. It's not an issue of law. It's an issue of culture because the law can say a lot of things. But if there's no cultural will behind these things, then what happens? Like free speech, for instance. Our, our modern understanding of free speech is new. We had the First Amendment since the, since the Constitution was enacted, and yet people still weren't free to speak their minds. You'd get arrested for obscenity or indecency or things like that. And we had an office of censorship in World War II. So we have done better. We have improved. Our culture changed. And we said, here's what this means. Let's do the same thing for our health. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out. And I'll see you all then.